Let's get in on another amazing episode here, y'all. What's up, Train Hard Live Strong family? This is your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. Today in this episode, we have an amazing guest speaker. Not only is she a doctor in physical therapy, but she is a vegetarian powerlifter. She's going to bring so much knowledge on just movement, life, and how to you know change your, your nutrition lifestyle if you want to go plant-based, if you want to go vegetarian, if you want to do anything like that, and how to progressively still get stronger and gain muscle over time with being vegetarian so so much knowledge coming your way but before we begin leaving a five-star review ladies and gentlemen means so much like i say over and over again but truly getting feedback from you all means a lot i can get you know what you're enjoying i can get what you want us to do more of you know what you're gathering from these episodes leaving a five-star review is not only going to do that for me but it's also going to help a lot of people around the world who are searching for a fitness and health motivational podcast they're going to find answers here because they are looking for answers and it's going to help them find this podcast just that much faster. So take a, you know, a minute or two and leave a five-star review for this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Also, liquidiv.com, hydration, immunity, energy, all the amazing things that make us healthy and strong and able to perform at our elite self. But hydration is key, y'all. Hydration is very important to health and performance, absolutely. And for some reason, we do not drink enough water day to day when your body is made up of like 70% or more of water. But to make it a little bit more easier, Liquid IV has these nice, amazing little packets you can just throw inside of a water bottle, shake it up, drink it, and it's going to hydrate you three times faster than drinking a regular water bottle. LiquidIV.com. Use promo code TRAINHARD. I'll save you 25% off your purchase, y'all. And EliteHitPerformance.com. You already know. Oh my goodness. We have amazing hit workouts there. 20 minute, 30 minute, 5 minute, 10 minute. Amazing workouts to challenge yourself from home. If you're traveling for business, if you're traveling for, for just to go see family, if you don't want to go to the gym because of COVID, you just don't want to go to the gym at all because maybe you still have gym intimidation or whatever the case may be, try some of these hit workouts. We have tons for free as well. All you got to do is head over to EliteHitPerformance.com. And whenever you want to become a member, uh, an Elite Hit member, you're going to join a community filled with amazing people who are driven and hungry to achieve amazing progress and health results for themselves just like you want to do as well. And you're going to get access to tons of other exclusive hit workouts. And we have so many series of workouts. Workouts coming your way, which are going to be amazing. I cannot wait to launch them in the EliteHitPerformance.com website. We are going to do an amazing episode here, and I cannot wait for you all to listen to this amazing guest speaker. Really, take some notes, sit down, get ready, because there's a lot of knowledge and inspiration and motivation in this episode. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the show, Dr. Ashley Contorno. So just the DNA that's passed down to you that you can't control, but then you have what's called your epigenetics. Yes, and that is yes. all the other factors outside of your DNA that you can control through diet, exercise, nutrition, all those oh. lifestyle factors, yes. you know, your exposure to pollution, all of that. So one of the best ways that I thought I was, uh, I was 21, um, that I could control my epigenetics was through my diet. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode here on the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast. You already know I'm your host, Coach Matt. Today, I have an amazing guest speaker. So let's welcome Ashley Contorno. What's up, Ashley? How you doing? What is up, everybody? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it is so cool to have you on here. Just like I was telling you before, um, you're very unique in what you do and uh, you know how you train and this and that. So I'm very excited for everyone to grab some value from everything you're about to spit out right now. So let's let's do it. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. Knowledge so, bombs. Knowledge bombs. Yes. Uh, yes. So for everyone right now who's listening, girl, who doesn't know who you are, um, our current and future listeners, can you give like a nice little background story on just how you became who you are today? Sure. Make this long, long story short. Uh, my name is Ashley. <laughs> Dr. Ash, I go by. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have been so for just crested five years with that. I am an international elite power lifter, which is like a fancy classification for saying I'm pretty strong. And uh, I'm a gym owner. We are about to eclipse our third year. My husband and I opened a power lifting gym. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, We're actually opening up a, we're moving to a larger location. So COVID has done us well. Um, And I'm also a power lifting coach. So I went from being employed to I am my own boss and it's fucking awesome and I'm just (laughs) trying to what what I like to do in the community is to educate so I'm happy to be here to share my knowledge because that's what I love to do the most that's so awesome dude so you have your own gym that's freaking that's so cool that's so cool um what's your gym called it's called South Bay Strength Company it's in South Bay of California SBSC um it's sick Sick as fuck. If you haven't Dude. checked it out, you got to check it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So you're in, in, you said San Diego? Is that where you're at? Uh, Southern California. Uh, South Bay is like Torrance, Long Beach, uh, San mm. Pedro. We're in San Pedro. We're moving the gym to Harbor City. So like the around LA, Southern LA region. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I was born in Santa Barbara, California. Okay. So, yeah. So if I ever go over there, oh, my God, I need to go to that gym. Dude, that's awesome. That's so awesome. So um, obviously we were talking, you know, the other day and you have uh, you have a history in in being athletic. Yes, Uh, pretty much like uh, I touched a barbell in ninth grade gym class and I like bench pressed 95 pounds and I was like, oh, my God, I got this. This is for me. And I was a cheerleader. (laughs) I was in track which I always quit track every time the season started, but I did all the preseason work. Don't know why I did. Uh, bodybuilding was like my first like big jump into lifting weights just because it was like the only thing that was, it was like widely available, like, Oh, bodybuilding, lifting weights. And I just really like having a goal. And then I did cycling for a while, like hundred mile rides. It was like just something Damn they say like, Oh, when I do this, it just clears my mind. Like cycling. I got on the bike. I didn't think of anything. I never thought that that was like a real term that could come to fruition, but it did. I just thought of nothing, but it was me in the road and I loved it. And then I found powerlifting. I had a group of friends that did powerlifting. They were like, come do a workout with us. And I'm like, all right, I have no idea what this is. I did a bench press workout, ironically. And three <laughs> weeks later I did my first powerlifting competition. And that was like five, uh, like five years ago. So like right as I was uh, finishing PT school, I got into powerlifting. I'd done bodybuilding through PT school. But in general, I just, iron's in my blood. Like there's just some people who will never be away from weights, whether it's in some 
form or fashion. It's just something that fulfills me, I feel like. Dude, absolutely. You know, I always, um, whenever we get like a, um, you know, someone like in the medical field, health field, you know, PTs or, you know, nutritionists or anyone like that, um, I always, I always find, um, like passion in the fact that you take your health seriously because, you know, you're leading by example, you're, you're sharing and you're helping people, you're educating people, you're fixing people, you know, you help people understand their body more with movement and, um, and, and you also play the part. And I think that's, that's so great. Um, how, what's been your experience inside of physical therapy? Like what made you want to get into it? Why, why are you still in it? You know, like, what do you get from PT? So I get a lot out of PT more and more each day. I decided I wanted to become a physical therapist. I had no idea what it was Um, when I was 16 years old living in Ohio. It was snowing in the wintertime and I was washing the dishes and it was, there was snow on the ground, but it wasn't snowing. And all of a sudden I see this big tuft of snow pop by my eyes and I was like, what was that? And then I hear my mom yelling and I go outside and she had slipped and fell on the driveway and broke her ankle. Luckily she's okay. But um, her PT appointments after she like, she got hardware, she got a major surgery and I took her to her appointments because it was her driving foot. And that first outpatient session, I was just like, this is what I want to do. I was 16 years old. I decided that that was the career choice I was going to make. And I never let it up going through, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in three years because I had this plan that I was like, I'm going to be a doctor by the time I'm 24. This is, this is it. I'm going to do my bachelor's in three years, go to the three-year doctoral program. Boom. I'm done. It didn't work out like that, but I did get my doctorate in three years. And then it took me three more years to get into the PT program. It's so competitive, ultra competitive. I had a 3.8 and it still took me three years. Jeez. Yeah, I on that third year, I was going to give up and become like an accelerated RN to BSN and then be a nurse practitioner. Right. But I got into Cleveland State University. So I did my undergrad and grad there. And like, I wouldn't change it for the world. $200,000 in student debt later. Like, hell yeah, (laughs) it's what I wanted to do, you know, from that time. And I still feel as passionate about it. It's like teaching, like people don't go into it for the money. You do it because you want to. Right. And like, I love PT because the field is so diverse. You can work with top level professional athletes. You can work with children. You can work with infants. You can work all the way along the life continuum and spectrum to people who, you know, are at the end of life and help them move. And I've always been a more holistic person where I feel like we can heal ourselves more than we ever could imagine or what medicine could do. Absolutely. So it's like that career path just goes hand in hand with like people realizing they don't don't even know what they can do with their bodies as and I'm not even talking about just movement I'm talking about quality of life and it's just driven me to be passionate about this and I've gone through a few different avenues in physical therapy to where I was working with geriatrics and elderly population and I was working with neurology with people who've had strokes and brain injuries and now I'm working with sports medicine which I never wanted to work in the sports medicine field but here I am (laughs) That's so crazy. It's crazy how like life takes you. What, why did you not want to work in, in sports medicine before? I just feel like the sports medicine field in general, well, backtrack. The bigger picture with physical therapy, one of the most frustrating aspects of it is that we're not autonomous practitioners. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is in 
I think it's like 48 out of 50 states, there's direct access, meaning you can come in to see me as a physical therapist without a doctor's prescription. And it is, I can do an evaluation and make an assessment on what is going on with you. Wow. But insurance then requires you to have a doctor referral within 30 days. So it's this like backwards way of healthcare where, yes, you can come see me, but no, you still need to go back to the MD and they need to make sure it's okay. So even though I am a doctor, uh, it's the insurance wants that secondary check and balance. And it's just frustrating because sometimes uh, us being the more holistic practitioners that don't use modern medicine, we use the body to heal itself and an MD might have a different thought process on what's the best line of care. Oh my God. So, um, and then, so that constraint, or like if you get a prescription that says you have a shoulder problem, but you also have a right knee problem, I can't see you for both. So, and then tertiary is like most sports medicine is like Um, outpatient orthopedics, where it's like people who get ACLs, people who get total knees, people who get a shoulder reconstruction. So you're seeing the same fucking thing over and over (laughs) and over and over and over again. And I am like the total opposite of that. Like I need to be intrigued and I want my, you know, the wheels of the brain to be working. So it just turned me off that it just seemed like it was something you could get very good at and very specialized in, but it was a, a narrow margin. But now I treat under health and wellness, I'm cash pay. So I am not bound by the laws of the insurance where if you come to me, you're coming to me with an agreement that this is a wellness service. Uh I'm treating you as a physical therapist, not through the agency of insurance. So I am not bound by taking half the session to sit there and type. I can see your knee, your shoulder, your neck hurts. Well, let's do it all, you know? And you get 100% of my time. Yeah, it's like most people just value that interaction when you go to a doctor and they get to look at you in the eyes for your entire 60 minute session that is like worth more than money could buy because you go in and they're not even looking at you they're just typing away on their computer right so that has what's been driven me to morph my career into where i'm at now compared to why i didn't want to be in sports medicine traditional in the traditional sense Right. Oh my gosh. Dude, you said so much stuff right now that I, I could talk about so much more in depth and spend hours doing it. But so, okay. So I, first of all, amazing. And yes, absolutely. If I was a patient coming in to see someone, I would number one, want to understand every word that's coming out of your mouth. I don't want to know this, you know, what the actual verbiage, medical verbs of like, what this muscle is and stuff like that. Like, just show me this and like simplify it, you know, simplify it for me. If I don't know what I'm, yeah. if I don't know anything about this stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And, and having that connection, looking at me, you know, showing me having a concern about my body because you are passionate about movement. That's, that's absolutely, that's incredible. And I hope that that message alone gets spread out to, you know, the rest of the other people who are also passionate and pushing for this stuff too, because I think that's crucial. And that's just like the, icing on the cake, I guess, that really helps people actually be one-on-one with their body. And on the other side, yes, we are in, you know, I wouldn't say, well, preventative care is basically kind of like what I do, okay, because I'm, I'm into fitness, I'm into health and stuff like that. I help people, you know, accomplish things with their body that they want to accomplish. I'm also helping them get into a better, healthy lifestyle. And what, you know, what you are saying that you did before or why you didn't want to go into sports medicine is I think that's crazy because yes, an MD is gonna prescribe, you know, 
crap that's going to, you know, do what? Just mask, right? Just like band-aid something whenever you could go in there and help someone understand the movement and understand why there's pain. You can, we can fix this. Like you can fix this yourself. And I think that alone is so powerful because not only are you teaching people about their body, because most people don't even know where their biceps are. And, (laughs) but on the other side too, you are helping someone gain education and awareness of their own body so that whenever they go into the world, they are, they know, and they're aware of their body. So they know why this hurts. They know why they got hurt in the first place. They know how to prevent it. They know how to strengthen it. They know how to move around it. They know how to push through it. And they're not just relying on a freaking 800 milligram ibuprofen and some icy hot and this and that just to kind of mask over the pain because that's what someone else prescribed them. You know, I think that it, that is so powerful. Uh, 100%. I have models of the spine, the feet, the hands, the knees. I have all these charts on my walls and I will go through and I will point, I will touch the chart and their body and say, this is what this looks like. And this is what's going on with it. And conversely, I have, you know, clients who have gone to multiple doctors, have multiple x-rays, MRIs, and they're like, no, there's something going on here. I'm telling you, but because it cannot be visualized on those types of imaging. If it's something going on with the muscle tissue or a ligament that's tight or not working the way that it should, that's not going to show up on a traditional diagnostic image, like an x-ray or an MRI. And then these people get labeled as crazy. Like this patient has come in 17 times with the same complaint, but it's like, no, these doctors don't understand the principles of movement. They only understand how to diagnose pathology. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. if your shoulder's not working right, well, they're like, I can't treat that with surgery or pain pills. So go away. I don't see anything on this image and people get discouraged and then they end up becoming low pain back guy or knee lady. Like 20 years ago when I could walk down the stairs and then they change their entire life around the fact that they have this pain. Oh my gosh, dude. And yeah, it just kills me. So like, I wish I could see millions and millions, but I mean, I see thousands of people a year and like, people like their world their lives are changed and that's what keeps me you said what keeps me motivated and going it's that and it, it it's crazy how little it takes to show someone how much power they have over their own body oh my gosh absolutely you know and yes a lot of do- and i'm not you know the medical field medical professionals they have their own place you know and a lot of them are fantastic they're all amazing they all went to school to, to try and fix people and do this and that and that's awesome you know if you want to be in that field to do something great then that's that's amazing but with what i have seen and what i've seen around because i've trained a lot of people in the medical field you know and um as in like training like fitness and stuff because they want to train or stuff like that but um when, when it comes down to these people who are seeing patients right yes I see that most of them don't understand movement because they don't do movement themselves. This is why I think mm-hmm. leading by example is crucial. So knowing that you are a power lifter, you, you know, you're an athlete, you know, you take care of your body, you move your body, you lead by example. I'm pretty sure people come in they're like, oh my God, this girl freaking lifts, dude. Like, cause they can tell that you, you take time to work on yourself. And so whenever you are preaching something, you can relate it to movement. You can relate it do a squat. You can relate to sitting down in a chair, standing up. You can relate it to, you know, this and that hip hinge. You can live anything because you understand move it, you know, or movement and you apply movement with load. So like now you know just more. And so whenever you're preaching those things, I think that is so awesome because you're leading by example and also educating people on, on what it takes to, to be aware of their body. Cause it's very simple. This stuff is very simple once you know, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's, right. that's so cool, man. And on the other side, which I wanted to get into with you. Um, so I am not, I have not dove into uh, a vegetarian lifestyle. I have not, you know, done too much research on how to, you know, gain muscle and, you know, shred fat and be vegetarian at the same time. Um, and especially on top of to be a power lifter. I think that's crazy. Uh, I have been, you know, I've eaten everything since day one. You know, I've had, I eat meats, I eat vegetables. I have a good balance, you know, meals with all my stuff. Um, but you've been a vegetarian for nine years and you power lift and you've been getting stronger and getting, you know, all the, you're still progressing. So what, first of all, what made you want to become vegetarian? Sure. So I've been, my Instagram name is veggie lifter because I've been a vegetarian <laughs> for nine years on December 15th was my vegiverse three. And it wasn't, um, the decision to become a vegetarian was actually because unfortunately both of my parents who are still alive and well, uh, got diagnosed with different forms of cancer before the ages of 50 years old. My wow. dad had parotid carotid gland cancer and testicular cancer, which both were removed without radiation. He is okay. Thank God. And my mother had stage two breast cancer. So my, and then both of my grandmothers had cancer on my mom and dad's side. So yeah, I was just like, man, my genetics are stacked up to predispose me to, you know, some different things that I don't necessarily want. So aside from what are the things that I can do? So you have your genetics, which is the DNA that's passed down to you that you can't control, but then you have what's called your epigenetics. Yes, and that is yes. all the other factors outside of your DNA that you can control through diet, exercise, nutrition, all those <laughs> lifestyle factors, yes. you know, your exposure to pollution, all of that. So one of the best ways that I thought I was, so I was 21, um, that I could control my epigenetics was through my diet. I initially was like, I'm going to just do all organic, all farm raised, blah, blah, blah. But I was fucking 21 and in college and I could not afford that lifestyle. (laughs) So the next best choice was to be a vegetarian. And back then I lived in Ohio. It wasn't. So the majority of people think, oh, my God, like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say the exposure and the market of meat free or plant-based options has just grown exponentially. At that point in time, it was just starting with um, like uh, Boca and Morningstar and some Uh of those brands that have been around forever. So it just took a little bit of research, but basically just like any, I I think people overthink it. Okay. So I think of it this way, like how do you just eat so healthy in, in a lifestyle where we're exposed to so many choices that aren't like pizza, fast food, whatever it takes preparation, timing, and thought. And same thing with being a vegetarian. It just takes a small amount of preparation, timing, and thought. And it's, it's not that you're not getting a complete protein or, you know, a balanced diet. It just takes a little bit of education in the beginning, just going into any different diet or lifestyle. Mm. So the biggest thing I found is like, before I go to a restaurant, I check the menu to make sure that I have something I can eat. If I'm going out to a party, I make sure I bring my own dish. So if there's not choices for me, which anybody who is healthy might do that anyways, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Um, but nowadays, flash forward to 2020, like you can go to fast food and get meat-free plant-based options. Like it's so saturated. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's, you know, insert meat option, burgers, beef, chicken, you know, fried chicken, whatever you want, there's a plant-based replacement for it nowadays. 
So it's, it really doesn't take that much thought anymore. Um, At this point, there wasn't a moral, you know, factor in it. But at this point, I would say that I have grown to have a moral empathetic attitude towards the meat industry. And it's not necessarily like the meat itself. It's how we raise it, what we put into it and the way that it is processed for our consumption. I don't necessarily agree with. So, you know, just like religion, people have all of their own (laughs) attitudes towards that. And I, I've never had, I've had like, on one hand, I can count in nine years, how many stomach aches I've had after eating food. And I know it's a very frequent gastrointestinal issue that people deal with especially after eating like greasy chicken wings or something um that is not something that's in my world anymore i my energy levels are very balanced my bowel movements are very balanced i feel that i'm fueled and ready for training i think the best thing someone can do because i get asked this question a lot the first question i get asked is how do you get your protein yeah and they they think i'm just like drinking protein shakes all day but it's like have (laughs) you ever looked at a label of what you're eating, almost everything has protein in it. Yeah. And uh, I also think it's a misnomer or a, mis, uh, a myth in the fitness industry that you need one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. I'm a 168 pound powerhouse and I eat around 100 to 120 grams of protein a day and I'm not losing any muscle mass. You killer, know, it's dude, killer. Yeah, it's about stimulus, adequate stimulus and, you know, adequate refeed. Mm-hmm. So, with all that being said, I, I think that the best thing someone can do if they're interested in that is just to find a few resources, whether it's reaching out to someone who's had a successful plant-based or vegetarian lifestyle, or maybe just doing some quick internet searches because a lot of people transition into that and they find themselves eating a lot of carbohydrates. Because they're right. right. And that would be the best you know, advice I would give is do a little research, maybe start with one day a week, see how you like it, find a plant-based replacement at the store, compare it to what you normally eat, like, oh, the beef for beef, it's not that much different. And, you know, kind of go from there. Right, right. That's so cool. Everything you just said, I want people to take away a few things. Number one, whenever you, it's crazy. I never even thought about it like this, but you related being vegetarian to any nutrition lifestyle. I think that is valuable. Yes. It's just like anything else. If you eat a bunch of processed foods and your day is filled with a bunch of, you know, junk and greasy, this and greasy that and sugar here and sugar this, you know, and then you transition into, you know, eating more vegetables, eating uh, better meats or whatever, this and that, you know, you're changing a nutrition lifestyle, just like as if you're going to be vegetarian or plant-based or whatever it is. It's all nutrition lifestyles. There are uh, choices that you're making with your food that you want to consume. I think that is a great way to, to view it. It's not it's – not, because I used to think – and this might be dumb. I know you get this a lot too probably. But like, oh my god, vegetarian. That's like a, like a top secret like room of people who <laughs> – you know, like how do they do it? They have to know something or you know, some, some in and out about this and that. And it's like, no, they just decided to eat, you know, just not meat. You know? so, and I think yeah. that's – I think that's a valuable thing. And on top of that, what you just said about whenever you're going out to eat or if you're going to an event, how you check the menu before you got to eat, how you uh, go to an event, you might bring your own food. Uh, that alone is such an amazing thing because it's just that easy. Like people always ask, even if you're not vegetarian or whatever it is that you want to do, you know, it's that's what it comes down to. Like, what are you willing to do in order to make this a lifestyle for the rest of your life? How to make it sustainable? How, how much do you care about your health and your body and your progress and stuff like this? If you go to an event, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the event. You know, if you want to control your nutrition lifestyle, 
then you have to make a choice within what you want to do. And if you want to take your food with you, awesome. If you want to eat before, awesome. If you're going, a lot of people like to eat out. It's an amazing thing to do. Socialize, have fun. If you want to go eat out, you can check the menu and see if it's, you know, if there's a ton of fried foods or if there's, you know, just a bunch of stuff that you don't want to put inside your body. It's always good to double check. And uh, I think that is, is so great. H- how did you feel whenever you first started? Cause I know people might be listening to you and you, you're, you're saying some amazing things about being vegetarian and, um, and you obviously are getting, you know, great progress and stuff like that. But, um, what if people are just starting, like maybe they're listening to you right now. They're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. What are some like some hard things that you went through whenever you just became vegetarian? I would say I started the hard way in that uh, when I first started uh, nine years ago, it was when Pinterest kind of just became a thing. And I just started with recipes. And I was like, uh, you know, like, uh, like cream cheese filled jalapeno poppers. And yes, I eat dairy as a vegetarian. It's a classification. <laughs> uh, I'm lacto-ova, which means I eat eggs and dairy. I don't do a lot of dairy, but I do. Yeah. Um, so I, I just started in recipes, which is like the hardest thing you can do when you're making a dietary change is like, I have a new recipe for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Then you need all these ingredients and it's overwhelming. All so right. I would say just like, keep it simple. Like, Okay, so maybe you're just dabbling and thinking about it. Go to a restaurant that you're normally going to eat at and look at all the things on the menu that don't have meat and be like, oh, there is a lot of options here. You know, go, you were going to have burgers. Just replace that burger with a meat-based, meatless-based product, a plant-based product, and just see how that one swap is. Just make very small changes. You know, maybe you every day you eat sausage for breakfast or bacon for breakfast get a meat-free option, just try it, like make a very small adjustment or change, or even just peruse down the plant-based aisle in the freezer section in your grocery store to see all of the options that are available. Um, Go, you know, if you're on Instagram, follow some, there's so many plant-based, you know, vegan, vegetarian pages that just have Mm -hmm. so many options that like, there's so many restaurants, like in my area, go to a, you know, meat-free restaurant and just try something. I would say- you know, dab your toe in the water as opposed to jumping in and being like, I'm going to create this whole meal plan with all these recipes because right, right. it was tough. And, you know, I think if, you know, I'm not one that counts my macros or anything, but if that is for you, you know, go on my fitness pal and, you know, create a day where you did your normal day of eating and then you swapped out one meal for a plant-based meal and see what your macro changes are see if it's really changing those ratios up because i do think exactly what you said hit the nail on the head where it's like we're this on this island of vegetarianism and no one else can access us and it's this crazy (laughs) underground thing that you know it's i think people overthink it because Uh people think of like vegans and vegetarians as these hippies that just literally eat like arugula and um like it's you could, some people I know go through their whole day without even eating meat and don't even notice it, you know, based on the choices that right. you're at, you know, you could eat a cheese pizza and macaroni and cheese and, you know, eggs for breakfast. Oh, you didn't eat any meat. <laughs> so it's like, but I think people tend to overthink the whole institution of what not eating, you know, meat is. And I think just kind of dumbing it down and being like, okay, I want to have a hot dog. I'll just get a plant-based hot dog. I'm going to try it. Keep it that simple. 
Wow. Okay. Look at that, man. Just that's great. That's yes, baby steps, baby steps, little by little. You know, I think that's I think that's awesome. Whenever I have, so whenever I have messed with my, you know, I don't, I don't like saying diet, but whenever I've messed with the things I consume in my day, I um, I've only messed with my macros, like my jumping up carbs, lowering carbs, having a little bit of protein, adding some more fatty acids, stuff like that. I have not changed my nutrition lifestyle yet to the point to where I add like a, you know, I, I do no meat on one day or, uh, you know, like a, a three-day fast or, you know, I haven't done stuff like that just yet. So um, so I'm, I, I would love to try it someday for sure. But since I have never really gone through that, um, I don't know myself, my internal changes and my physical changes, my mental changes that would happen if I did do that. So you do because you are it and you've done it. What, whenever you – and I don't know if you remember, but whenever you first transitioned into becoming vegetarian, what were some like instant changes that you kind of saw? Maybe not like weight loss or this and that, but like gut change, uh, mental you know, alertness, uh, energy levels. Like what were some big changes that you saw immediately? I don't know if I can specifically remember at that time, but I would say globally, like, you know, when people like you eat a big meal and you're like, I need a nap. I am <laughs> exhausted uh, right. from all that food. It's because um, meat is, and I'm not knocking meat. I don't have a problem with people eating it. No, like okay, I said, yeah, religion, yeah. have yours. I got mine, you know, right, right. Um, it, your body takes energy to consume and digest that food, which is why you get a little tired because your body's like, I'm going to save energy here and, you know, shove it over here and digest yep. this food. Yep. I don't feel um, any kind of sluggish, slow, uh, you know, apathy or anything after I eat my food. I just have a normal sustained energy level. Um I, like I said, I don't have GI issues as far as like diarrhea or stomach aches or right. anything like that. Um, I've experienced that, like I said, maybe a handful of times in nine years, which it, to me was like one of the biggest thing I've noticed like ever, like right. I don't get stomach aches after eating. And some people I think don't necessarily attribute that to their food, but it just might be. Um, and then like, Honestly, like, I feel like my energy levels are very consistent throughout the day. Um, and I feel like I always have uh, very, I do coaching for vegan and vegetarian only, like help with, I wouldn't say dieting, but I would, I help teach them how to be successful yeah. in this lifestyle. Yeah. Something I've noticed in a lot of my intake questionnaires and discussing with people what their goals are and how their bodies are working now is that I, I know people who don't have bowel movements for three to five days. Um, like, yes, that's crazy. What? Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? And it's, you know, the gut motility <laughs> and the way that their body is processing what they're eating just isn't really functional. And it could be meat, it could be gluten, it could be, you know, insert, yeah. whatever it is that's slowing you down, that is not normal. <laughs> so um, for me, you know, my bowel movements, I'm like clockwork. And, you know, for me, for something to change that would be like, oh, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And um you know, a lot of people comment that like my skin is very nice. I mean, I do drink a lot of water, but I think that, you know, overall, like the inflammation in my body is lower because I'm not eating those, you know, highly processed or meat based products. Right, right. Dude, that's so cool. I'm telling you, I need to, I need to jump into that, man. I need to take like a seven days and just like go try something different with my food and, or do this and do that. Like, you know, I think that that's, this is the coolest thing about, 
health and fitness, in my opinion, because number one, sometimes there, there are people out there that are going through life and putting food inside their body that they have crazy intolerances for, but we don't notice it because we just think, oh, it's a stomach ache. Let me just drink some Pepno Bismo or take some Tums or this and that, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I guess it goes back to what we were talking about earlier too, but just band-aiding stuff. But whenever you make a transition like this, you could fix so much stuff. You can enjoy eating food with your family. You can do this and that. You won't have a bad relationship with food. But I think the, the cool thing about health and fitness or training and this and that is you have so many options and opportunities to, to try so many different things. If powerlifting doesn't work for you, then try CrossFit. If CrossFit doesn't look, work for you, then you can try running. If running doesn't work for you, then you can try swimming. If that doesn't work for you, maybe you can just walk your dog or whatever it is you want to do. Like there's so much stuff in it. Same thing with food. You can go vegan. You can go plant-based. You can go carnivore. You can do this. You can do that. But when it all comes down to, you know, what works for your body and the, the decision that you want to have for your health, because there's nothing that tells you, you know, like, hey, you know, you're going to you're going to live, you know, in the next 30 years. Fine. Great. And then this is going to happen and you can do this to fix it. You know, like you what you do with your health is day to day and it comes day to day and you're doing day to day so that you can live as long as you possibly can, you know, healthy as possible, you know, living free from pain for as long as possible. And I feel like that is something that we, a lot of us kind of overlook or we don't pay attention to like, oh, he's young. Like I hear this all the time. Um, Oh, you're young. That's why you can eat that way or this Mm -hmm, and that. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, no, you can't eat this way because you abused your body for the first, you know, in your twenties and thirties. And now whenever you're 40, you can't eat this stuff no more because you abused your gut so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is, uh, I think that's so awesome. You know, you sh- anyone out there listening, because should, you should try, you know, a different nutritional outlook or or path if you're feeling some sort of way, you know? Mm-hmm. And start it slow so that you're not overwhelmed because I feel like the biggest reason why people fail, and I'm sure you know this in helping people with diet and nutrition is they get overwhelmed by a complete overhaul change. Mm-hmm. So if you were to introduce one meal a week, you know, if you ate 21 times a week and 20 were the same and one was different. That's an easy change. And I yeah. think the, you know, the, the smaller changes that you can adapt that aren't overwhelming. It's like learning to drive stick. It, it takes mm-hmm. a while to synthesize and do the clutch and, you know, change the gears and all of that. It, it's a little bit at a time because you're not going to, you know, drive around the block and get on the freeway. The first time you drive stick, it's going to be a right, parking right. lot gonna go real slow yeah no absolutely i remember when i first learned how to drive stick i was scared to go on just like a neighborhood street Um, yeah but yeah no definitely so obviously coming from you too um your page man your instagram is just filled with you living some heavy ass weight like pushing man pushing pushing you from coming from you as well all right you're a doctor in physical therapy you're a vegetarian you love what happens to the body like i can just by watching you and talking to you you can tell you just enjoy the body movement anatomy the health all the amazing things that we have to bring to the world but what does it give i know probably maybe a lot of people look at you too and or say stupid things like um you know you're a female you shouldn't lift that much you're you know, aren't you scared about this and that you're gonna hurt your back or you know um you know your girl shouldn't look bulky like how you do or this and that so whenever and I, I disagree with all that. A female should dive into whatever the hell they want to dive into. And training is, it makes y'all just superheroes. But, you know, what does it give you whenever, like, why, what is it whenever you're lifting these heavy weights? What does it give you? 
like you personally, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, what is it giving you as a person? Honestly, I just think it's fucking cool. <laughs> like <laughs> in the simplest Great terms, answer. <laughs> like I I know a lot of women who have very, very deep rooted stories about what drove them to want to be strong, whether it's uh, from a point of like emotional or physical abuse or they felt small and weak and they wanted their means to become, you know, a strong woman. Mine is nothing like that. Like I just always thought it was fucking cool. Like I think it is so cool to be strong. I think it is so cool to see what your body can do to lift weights. And like what I get, I get a personal satisfaction. Of, okay. So I told you I quit track every right. single time. Right. Uh, I did that. I did it eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. And now as an adult, like that shit pisses me off that I did that. It's like, why would you do all of the work and then come meet day, you fucking quit. And like, I, I think about that, that like, um, I, I've, I've quit things that were hard in the past and like, like that physical, physical right. in nature. Yes, yes, yes. Um, because I track was fun, but then when it came to me day, it was hard and I didn't want to work that I was physically, I was like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. And now those hard and difficult milestones give me a sense of accomplishment that I'm like, bitch, you can fucking do this. Like yeah, if you, yeah. if you quit on doing this, what else are you going to quit? put on and it's it, it gives me a mental tenacity in other aspects of my life to not want to quit no matter how hard they are because I feel like it's so acceptable nowadays to just take a bow and to walk away or withdrawal you know whether people say it's because I'm scared or anxiety or this or that not that those aren't acceptable ways for some people but personally I feel like any other excuse but I tried and I failed is a cop-out I tried and I succeeded or I tried and I failed I don't like I just didn't try at all So for me, it's like, okay, I set that benchmark. I hit it. That's cool. I'm going to go again. That's cool. I'm going to go again. (laughs) And that small incremental linear process, because the stronger you get, the slower the gains come, whether it's one pound, you know, a quarter kilo, whatever. It's meaningful because I've earned that myself and no one else has helped me. You know, there's been a lot of people that have helped me, but when it comes to me underneath the bar, I'm the one that's lifting the weight. Dude. So. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's that is, I think, like there's so much valuable things with inside training, man, lifting heavy, lifting for reps, always just pushing your body, challenging your body to to be better. You know, that, that's what growing is. That's what growing muscle is. That's what shredding fat and building muscle. Is. That's what getting stronger is getting faster. You are you are pushing your body's uh, survival mechanism in quitting because whenever your body feels pain, it wants to stop, right? That's like yep. the, the nervous system is going to say, dude, we feel pain, let go or stop doing what you're doing. We need to gather mm-hmm. ourselves back up again. But whenever you push those limits, there's greatness on the other side, you know, like there's, there's amazing potential. There's growth. There's, you know, building a healthy body. There's getting, you know, stronger muscles, stronger uh, bone density, uh, you know, all these amazing things that, that your body was designed to do but when it comes down to what you just said that is you know a big mindset thing that i get personally whenever i train too because a lot of times in life you go through things uh well you always go through things but you know you do have support from other people and you do have this and that but sometimes you know you always still feel alone you know and um and i can you know i I grew up with you know without a strong father figure and that, you know, kind of hurt in different things that I wanted to do with my life because I always wanted like that dad, you know, to be there with me, hold me up and be a man, be a good you know, example and this and that. 
So whenever I do train and I lift the heavy weights, it's always you. It's always you against you. And just like you just said, you know, and you are bringing, you bring emotion through it. Like you bring mindset strengthening through it. You bring all these amazing things that your body was designed to do through it. And it's cool because you are doing it for yourself. Just like you said, there's no one there that is, yes, you have a spotter. Yeah, of course. But you know, they, if anything happens, they just step back. You are the one that has the load on your back. You're the one that is pulling this. You are the one that are, is telling your body to lift this weight. Cause there's no other option because I want to be better. And I think that is, um, that is also something that a lot of people just miss out on. There's so much greatness that comes with it. Do you believe, I, I got one for you. Do you believe the things that you do in training also leak into the rest of your life. Oh, for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. There we go. Come on like, from a doctor, everybody. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I feel like it, if you're unable to push yourself to do something for yourself, how are you going to push yourself against another force, whether it's a person, whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, a situation that's making you uncomfortable, how are you going to get the courage to step out into the world against someone else if you can't do that to your own self? So, you know, that mental tenacity is, is invaluable. And it does, you know, like, I don't think anybody's like, man, that marathon movie session on the couch really got me going. (laughs) It's like, why do people watch inspirational movies? Why do people watch documentaries of people succeeding? It's because it gives you power and it is invaluable to have that within you and to be able to express that to the world or to share what you've learned with someone else so that maybe they can be inspired. It's that's why we, we are a multimedia you know, we love watching other people succeed mm-hmm. on, you know, these social media outlets and watching their stories of progressions because it inspires you to have the strength and confidence to do it within yourself. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. For so you have just like you do, you like you just said about you doing the track and then always quitting, doing the track, always quitting. Obviously, this is the start of, you know, 2021. We're in January still. And this year is going to fly by just like any other year. Um, majority of people fall off by the time February comes. If they haven't fallen off yet, they fall off in February, March. Um, but most people don't make it that far within the new year's resolutions. Um, you, you know, with, with what you've done in the past and, and pushing through different things, you, you know, when you found the trend inside your family's genetics and yes, we are genetically given these things that sometimes we cannot change, but then you found a way to change something with inside your body because you have an option to do so and you made the choice to do so your life you've always been trying to be better and break certain things and and just be the best you you could possibly be and just like you said right now about you you know not wanting to be that that quitter before you know like you want to change that and that's what makes you mad now because of who you are now um for people out there right now who want to quit and want to stop what kind of words of encouragement would you give them I think people hold themselves, they think of the end as as opposed to thinking about where they are. And they see that goal as being so far away that they're like, fuck, I'll never get there. Mm -hmm. But nobody starts at the end. You start where you are. And I think people get into so much comparison of the person that they think they want to be and they're intimidated by that lion in the mirror that, you know, right now they're just a cub and I think that 
not focusing on the end because that goal might also change. You might discover yes. different things and go in a different direction. So where you thought you were going might not be where you're at, you know, just taking it, even if it's been 10 days, well, where was day one to day 10, you know, taking those yes. smaller milestones as achievements, as opposed to saying, well, I need to be at the end. And then also I feel like assessing what is actually scaring you into wanting to quit. I think people don't understand like um, being at the gym, like people are fearful because they don't understand how to use weights. Like I wouldn't go in and like try to do my taxes for my business because <laughs> I don't fucking know how, or I would be so afraid that I'm like, I'm just not going to do them this year right, right. You know? or like working on my car. You hire someone who knows what they're doing. So same thing with that, hiring a professional, watching YouTube videos, you know, finding a program that walks like bodybuilding.com. That was how I got started. They have all these plans and programs that it's like, oh, okay, day one, pull up, push up, bicep curls. It has a video for each of them. Like if there's a gap in your knowledge that's making you afraid and that fear makes you want to quit because you feel overwhelmed, just like I said with being a vegetarian, replace one hot dog a week or whatever. It's find something small that can make that next step that much easier. I think people just think they need to automatically be an expert and automatically be at the goal. And they get so overwhelmed that they're not there yet or that they're afraid and they don't understand the process that they quit or want to quit. So just spend, instead of that TV show you're going to watch or that scroll on Instagram, go on YouTube or, you know, find a professional and invest in the outcome that you want. Right. Because it's going to take, time and maybe a financial investment too right absolutely just like how you were paying for that subscription for netflix same thing yeah you know, yeah <laughs> that's uh that's so awesome everything I, you just said i loved it you it's crazy because you just said right now that you were looking at those workouts from bodybuilding.com and it's like dude we all start somewhere man like we all start somewhere i was spending three to four hours in the gym doing like 20 30 sets of bench press just because i thought by more reps and more sets they would just grow automatically without yeah. the food and stuff you know so it's like we all start somewhere so don't be afraid don't think that you know you're dumb i hate people say oh this might be a stupid question this and that is not it's not yeah. it's, it's your health you need to understand everything about who you are i remember like for four years i was putting on wrist wraps wrong four <laughs> years i was putting them on wrong until someone came up to me and they're like do you know that you have them on backward and i was like what <laughs> it's like i didn't you know day one i wasn't dr ashley expert you know in yes. biomechanics and you know squat bench deadlift it was, I also, you know, I showed up to my first powerlifting meet and I couldn't use anything I had except for my belt and my singlet because none of it was approved. Like you don't walk in an expert and there's people and resources along the way that can help you overcome those hurdles. So don't let each of those hurdles be the roadblock that's going to stop you. Right. Absolutely. You're never going to learn shit if you don't try. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. If, if anyone right now, it wants to reach out to you, say thank you, you know, uh, ask you a question. How, how are you a vegetarian freaking power lifter lifting up some heavy ass weights? Where's the best place for people to find you? My Instagram is the easiest. It's veggie underscore lifter. <laughs> um, you can look up, you know, Dr. Ashley Contorno. I do a Facebook, but I'm like never on there. Um, our gym has a page. It's at South Bay Strength Co. 
Nice. Um, and we have a website as well, which I do virtual training. I do in-person training. I do online coaching. I just started doing business mentoring because that's a lot of interest, you know, as a female entrepreneur that I get as well. Absolutely. Um, and I don't really like to respond to emails much. Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me. DM me up. I'll hit you back. Slide up in there. Slide up in <laughs> there. And... Yeah. Dr. Ash over here has a podcast. What's your podcast called? I do. It's called the Veggie Power Podcast. I started it like a year ago, just as like I said, I'm so goal oriented. This is like just a fun, non goal oriented task I've done for myself because I fucking love talking, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But it's more of the same. It's me educating, spreading my knowledge and wealth about living healthy also lifting weights, you know, a lot of different topics such as, you know, eating disorders. I formerly was a bulimic for 14 years, um, you know, owning a business, powerlifting, like anything you want to know, you know, and I also take recommendations for what you want to know. And I can do podcasts on that. It's on any listening platform, Veggie Power Podcast. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, everything she just said, we're going to put it in the show notes. Like I always say, go to the show notes. There's so much valuable stuff in there. And even if you don't know how to read, it's okay. Just click some of the links or different colors. You just click them and it takes you somewhere. <laughs> but uh, everyone listening right now, thank you so much. Uh, this was an amazing episode. You're incredible with all the stuff that you're doing, girl. It, it's, it's so awesome. Uh, the passion and value I find in your voice whenever you say these things is, is amazing. Um, everyone you. out there listening, uh, if you know someone right now, even if you just grab some value, but you know someone who wants to learn more about being uh, being vegetarian or wants to just get some motivation or you just, you just found value and you want to share it with the rest of the world, all we ask you is simply share it to your best friend, your gym buddy, your mom, dad, cousin, uncle, neighbor, somebody. The more people we get to listen to these episodes, the more lives we can all change together. Yes. But, but you just listened to another amazing episode here on the Train Hard Live podcast. You already know I'm your host, Coach Matt, guest speaker, Dr. Ashley Contorno. And as usual, y'all, get out there. Train hard. Live strong. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Peace. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode of guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.